Before we get started, I want to draw your attention to the E on this podcast. It stands for explicit. That means that I will be using words and singing phrases or probably talking about topics you don't want your kids to hear. Being that said, fair warning, let's get started. Welcome to You Gotta Meet Her Podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and today we're going to be talking with Trisha. I met Trisha about almost a year ago, and we just kicked it off. We sat next to each other in the movie theater watching Magic Mike, and I knew she had a beautiful soul. I knew she had a story. We've had lunch together, and she's just a really good person, and I love her outlook on life. She will be talking about how she got here to Texas and all the different things that she does. I really like her outlook on how she's viewed in social media or how she views herself compared to what is seen in social media. Along with that, she'll be talking with family dynamics and how hers could be a little bit different than most of ours. I hope that you enjoy talking with Trisha as much as I do, and you get to really see a beautiful, pure, and gorgeous person on this podcast. All right, let's get started. Let's meet Trisha. Okay, so today we're going to be talking with Trisha. Trisha, tell me a little bit about you. Um, okay, well, my name is Trisha Donahue, and uh, I currently reside in Salina, Texas. It's almost eight years now from Colorado, mm-hmm. but originally I was born in Arizona, moved to Colorado when I was 15. Uh, that on its own is a nightmare. And then from there, I met my husband. We had some amazing kids, and now we're here in Texas and love it. Yeah. How old are your children? So my oldest is 28. Okay. Wow. Yes. And he's married and um, to a really wonderful girl. Um, and then my daughter is 15, and in between there, uh, we have a son who died at 20. So he died four years ago in a oh, car wow. accident. Wow. 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 Okay. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. So that has to be hard. And that was four years ago? Yes. Okay. So he would he still be at home right now or no? He, um, I I would think that he wouldn't be at home now. Yeah. But um, being twenty four, but uh, he was still living with with us when he passed away. Oh, okay. Um, he graduated from McKinney Boyd in twenty fourteen, and um, yeah, he, you know, he needed that transition year, which I totally am for. So, um, mamas. Yes. Tell me about, I was about to say, tell us about transition year. Why are you pro transition year? Because some kids truly are just not ready for college. Mm. They just aren't. And there's no reason to push them to be somewhere they're not meant to be. Mm. And, um, so I feel really passionate about that and letting kids take a moment to explore and experience some life. Um, and that doesn't necessarily need to be on a college campus. Mm. So yeah, I could see Ben, um, Ben wanted to be a chef. I mean, he was doing, um, something that he really enjoyed and through that process discovered, like he did want to become a chef 
and started looking at schools and, and how would that work? And, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I totally am for, uh, a little bit of self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just not in your son's case, just as your experience with that little gap year or transitional year. Um, what do you think is a guideline you could give to a parent to help them guide them through that? Because there's some of them that are like, I just don't understand. And I don't know if you saw that post um, that I put it. It's a book called He's Not Lazy. Oh, no, and it's actually a very modern book. Um, episode, I forget what episode she's now. Um Keitra told me to read it. Okay. And this book changed my life on men all together. Like, you know, you have women are from Venus, men are from Mars kind of book, but this is like teenage boys. Oh. And I think it works for like adult man too. <laughs> well, what they say, men don't really, or boys no. don't really, you know, mature until they're like 25. Yes, so. yes. But it kind of made me like think like, how can I guide a young man? My son is 10. So like I haven't reached that adolescence area. He still kind of doesn't, he still wants me to do stuff for him. Mm-hmm. But when they get to the point of out of high school, what, how can you guide them as a parent to like, okay, I understand you want to be a race car driver. Like how can we get you to that point? Or is it kind of more letting them find their way? Um, I think there is a really, um, uh, it's going to be up to them. Mm. So it really is up to them and the decisions they make, but yet at the same time, they still need guidance and they still need to hear from mom and dad. You know, I love this journey you're on, but where do you see, where do you see this going? Where do you see yourself in two years? Do you Mm -hmm. really see yourself doing this is what can you do today to get you there tomorrow? Mm. Um, And really just kind of give that, just that love and support of how can we help you get there? You're going to need to do it. I can't do it for you, but how can we help you find your dreams and goals? Okay. Do you think it's different for your daughter? You think she's going to be ready for college by the time she gets out oh, of high school? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, the boys and girls are night and day really? different. Yes. Okay. Um, I would say all my kids were fairly easy uh, in raising, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Emma's definitely got her head on and she knows what she wants to do. Like she is geared towards that. And so we just, again, with her still – you know, where do you see yourself being in, in four years? You know, we're talking colleges now, mm-hmm. whereas with my, my boys, we weren't really talking colleges at this uh, point in the game. Okay. I had one son going, my, my oldest son went to the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. So we very supportive on that. Um, ben needed that transition year and that really kind of started to turn into two years, mm-hmm. but still supported him and mm-hmm. in his journey. Um, but yeah, Emma definitely has some lofty goals and we're there to help her get them. Yeah. Yeah. Does she surround herself with good people? Absolutely. You think? Yeah. Yes. Yes. More driven. They're all very, um, very driven, good, uh, solid Christian girls. Yeah. Who really put faith first and then mm-hmm. everything else. Mm-hmm. Now I have a question. I don't think that, I don't think I've asked this question yet. Okay. So you have a child that's a lot older than your youngest, right? They're 14 years apart? 14 years apart. Okay. This has been, like, something that's been popping up on Facebook and, like, just social media. But 
is children different than they were 14 years ago or in the school system? Or do you think that we're like life itself is the only thing that's different? No, I think, I think all of it is different. I mean, with the boys, you know, there wasn't technology like there is today. Mm -hmm. If they took a computer class, it was a classroom setting. They didn't work on laptops. They didn't Mm -hmm. work on computers for, you know, the majority of their work. Um, But, you know, today Emma has her laptop and she does all of her work on her laptop. So uh, it's that in itself is quite different. And I feel like they're learning at a quicker pace because so much more is uh, out there and there's more history and there's, you know, just in general, there's more. Mm. And there, I feel like they're also expected to know more and do more and, and be more. And so I feel like, yeah, life has changed, but I also think school has changed Mixed with it. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. yeah. Are you pro technology in schools and all that extra stuff? Or are you like, no, I think we need to tone it down a little bit. No, I think that quite frankly, that's where it's going and you can't, you can't stop progress. Mm-hmm. So you can either go with it and accept the change <laughs> yeah or you can fight it and find yourself you know in a negative in a negative space yeah left so behind you've left behind yeah so you really need to embrace it and move forward right right now does that mean that I'm all over <laughs> TikTok and whatever other um, social media platform is out right. there no I mean I can barely manipulate Instagram but I know it's out there. I'm yeah, trying to stay yeah. on top of what, um, you know, what Emma is doing and, and mm-hmm. um, exposing herself to, but, or being exposed to, but uh, yeah. yeah. I get that. I mean, we totally went out of order, but like, I just really wanted to ask you that. Um, so tell me about your race and ethnic background. Okay. So I'm white. Caucasian. Um, actually, did a twenty-three in me, so oh, yeah. I am fifty-six percent British, right? With um, several generations. I, previously, there's some um, Persian uh, in me and some Congolese, and so I don't know exactly. Like I, <laughs> I've got this beautiful olive skin complexion. Yes, I definitely do. have been blessed with that. But so I don't know if it comes from that. But yeah, so yeah. I, which was re- very interesting. I had no idea. What were you always told you were? Um, German, mm-hmm. a little Native American mm-hmm. is what I was led to believe. And yeah. there's none of that. Neither one. Well, there's a tiny percentage of German in me, but it's <laughs> tiny. So were you raised, like like you said you were told that. So like, was that a culture that you grew up with, thinking that you were a German? Like you guys would do German cultural no, things? No, no. <laughs> My family, growing up, I never, yeah, growing up was kind of different. Um, you know, I have a twin sister and my twin sister and I um, did not know who our biological father was. Um, but I, I step back. My family is not very culturally, eh, it's not diverse. What's the word I'm looking for? They just didn't, it just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. So we're... It can be with other um, cultures, Hispanic, Italian. Yeah. You know, we weren't a big, loud family. Yeah. We're, you know, quite opposite, very quiet and um, private. Mm. But um, but going back, you know, not 
knowing who my biological father was, mm-hmm. um, always led to questions like, what really am I? You know, where did yeah. I get this dark skin? Yeah. You know, where did I get these hazel eyes? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I have very dark hair. So naturally, not that I do today. <laughs> But um, naturally, it's dark. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I didn't really know. Yeah. So did you end up finding your biological I did. Okay. I did all thanks to 23andMe. So 23andMe was a gift, a Christmas gift from my husband. Um, Not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before. So about two years ago now. And um, I was able to, one, discover my ethnicity, which I found to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, it led me to my biological father and that was a big deal. So, um, I had been given one, I've been given three different names and my mom didn't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, she knew, but she did not want to acknowledge, Mm -hmm. um, who our father was. And so that made, um, it made growing up very challenging because you always feel like you're less than because you didn't have a father and she had husbands, Mm -hmm. um, but they weren't my father. Right. And you know, a a child needs their father. Yeah. Whether you like them or not, they Mm -hmm. need their father. Mm -hmm. Um, so but, um, yeah, it did lead. It led me to, um, a couple names. So I had some first cousins mm-hmm. listed mm-hmm. and so I messaged them and one was on the same journey as I was. Oh, really? Searching for his biological father. Um, oh, different, yeah. but so yeah, yeah he's your first cousin, he's my first cousin. Yeah. So his uncle or my uncle is his father, Wow, which was really interesting. But then we led us to another one who was like, oh, I think this man is dead. Good luck finding him. And it was really bizarre. Right. So I was like, but he mentioned that you should try Ancestry, Mm -hmm. ancestry Ancestry.com. Well, my Mm daughter-in-law has an Ancestry.com account. And so I was able to get on her account and type in this last name, McNeil. And it popped up a marriage certificate. So there was no death certificate. So I thought that's good. Right. But it popped up a a marriage certificate. And so I had his full name. And from there, I went to uh, Facebook. Well, he did have an account, but there was like no activity on it for about four years now. Oh, wow. So, but there was one picture of a, with him and a guy who I was like, oh my gosh, that guy looks like me. It was creepy. It was so weird. But the picture of the man who was my father looked just like my sister. So I was like, this man is my father. It has to be. There is no way it couldn't be. Um, So I reached out to him via Facebook, didn't hear anything. And as impatient as I was, about a week (laughs) later, I, um, because the guy was tagged in it, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. figured he's going to be about my age. So he's going to be on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, he was on Instagram and I messaged him and it wasn't, um, but a month later, mm-hmm. I mean, it took a, a month or so wow. when he finally reached out to me and said, cause I asked him, I'm looking for Arthur Vigo McNeil. Mm-hmm. What, you know, do you know this man? And he's like, yes, he's my father. What do you want? <gasps> and I was like, 
like, oh, well, okay. What are you, what are you text back to that? Like, I messaged him. I messaged back and said, you know what? I am looking for my biological father and there's a possibility that he is. And I'd really like to speak with him. So by the end of that day, mm-hmm. he had my cell phone number and he called me the next morning and he knew instantly. Like I said, I think, you know, my mom and he blurted out her full name. He still remembered. He still remembered. He was enamored with my mother. And, wow. and so I was dumbfounded, right, right, you know, that right. he was like, I always suspected that you were my daughter. Um, but you know, your mom made it very clear. Your mom's boyfriend made it very clear yeah. that I was to have nothing to do with her. And, um, so, you know, yeah. he went off to the military. Wow. Yeah. So what did he feel like when, like, did you tell him that you were a twin? Like yes, there's two like of us? He knew, like he, oh, did, he, he, was, knew. he knew that she had had twins. Oh. Yes. So it was quite interesting. Like this is a lifetime story. <laughs> it's truly a lifetime story. Right? So. so what is y'all's relationship like now? It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. He and I, along with my sister Dana, you know, we do text um, fairly regularly once a week, once every other week, just a quick hi, mm-hmm. checking in, seeing how you're doing. Um, phone calls, probably phone calls are probably like once a month, mm-hmm. but they're not short conversations. They're nice, mm-hmm. long conversations. Um, and it was nice to be able to find out more about him and, you know, his history, his health history. I mean, cause yeah. as we're getting older, you know, that is coming into play. Um, I found out my grandmother died at age 57 of colon cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's important for me to know. Yeah. So, you know, so now I'm scheduling a colonoscopy. Right. Right. So, just, just to be on the safe side. Right. Now that you know that that's something you should look at. Exactly. Oh, wow. So um, I had someone else, her episode hasn't dropped yet, but she was adopted and knew it. So would you have wanted to know that you're like, you had a biological father and you didn't know him or would you had rather learn that like one of your mom's husbands was your father and then later in life find out like, no, actually he's not your real dad. That's a, no, that's a hard question because, um, I, I guess I, growing up, I mean, everybody knew mm. Dana Trisha. Nobody knows your dad. Okay. You know, you're the bastard children, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Right. Um, and so that was very hard. Um, I think I would have probably preferred to know that, yes, you, your dad is out there and he doesn't, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't want to say that he doesn't want to have anything to do with you, but, mm-hmm. um, if I had had a relationship with my mom's husband, like her first husband was, you know, she was very young. Her second mm-hmm. husband was, you know, an alcoholic right, um, right, right. and her third husband, her current husband, um, you know, we do have a relationship, but it's not, it's not a very strong father daughter bond. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a very nice man mm-hmm. and I enjoy spending time with him, but he's just not my father, even though he quote unquote adopted Dana and I. Oh, so wow. we have his last name. Okay. Or, his last name is your my name. name. Yeah. Um, it's not the same, but right. I think it's always, 
it's never going to be that way because I've always known that there is an, there is a man out there mm-hmm. who really is my father. Right. Right. So. Cause you know, some people adopt or they take on and mm-hmm. then they're like, we're not going to tell them or, you know, wait until they get to this age till we tell them. And some people are like, yeah, I'd rather it be that way. So I'm not always questioning my identity, but some people are like, no, tell me, like, I want to know. So I can go on this search and find someone. And I've always wanted to, like, it's my little side project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think I would rather know from the get go mm-hmm. that there is another, like, if, if I were to say, if I were to be adopted, mm-hmm. like I have friends who have adopted uh, a child mm-hmm. and that he's always known, always known that he's adopted. There's no secrecy about it. I think that that is beautiful. Right. Um, and I think secrecy is where you get into trouble. Mm. So if you hide something like that, that's a big deal. Um, yeah. Should be no secrets about it. Yeah. But Just because you weren't born in the belly, you know, mm-hmm. you're born in the heart and that's all that matters is that mm-hmm. you've got the love and affection of to amazing human beings. Right. Right. Yeah. And even if you don't look like them or, you know what I mean? Or you like sound like them or visually like them. It's one of those things. It's like, I forever love you though. Right. (laughs) It gets, it gets you in the heart. It makes you feel good. So you said you're originally from Arizona. Yes. So how long were you in Arizona from? Until I was 15. Oh, okay. So I was a sophomore in high school. And it was the middle of my sophomore year when we moved to Longmont, Colorado. Mm-hmm. A little was tiny that tra- town. traumatizing? Traumatizing. And like, it's a whole nother like culture. Yes. Itself. Yes. And wow. it was way different. The weather is so different. Mm-hmm. And um, turns out I hate snow. <laughs> um, <laughs> do not like being cold at all. No, same. So give me the sunshine. Give me some heat. And I'm a happy girl. Yeah. So, so yeah. why'd y'all move? It's for my dad's job. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and so you just got up and left in the middle of your sophomore year. Yeah. That, that has to be traumatizing. It was. Well, so like, how was that transition for you though? Not, even though you knew that you didn't like these things, that's kind of environmental. Mm-hmm. Was it hard to penetrate the school a little bit? Or was it nice that you had your twin sister with you? It was nice that I had Dana with me, but I... Honestly, I mean, I was very resistant Mm. and I tried, but, you know, um, I just wasn't very good at it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I made bad choices, um, trying to make friends and made some wrong friends, made some bad choices. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in high school, I was drinking, uh, you know, smoking. So making bad choices. Mm-hmm. And I, it's cause I didn't want to be here or there. I didn't want to be there. And for some reason in my mind, in my, you know, young, immature mind was thinking if I just continue to, you know, make trouble, then I'm going to go back. Mm. But really what was there to go back to? So. Yeah. Was Dana the same way? No, she was a little bit more um, open. And so. Are y'all different in personalities too? We really are. Yeah. Yeah. So she's blonde hair, blue eyes, fair but, skin. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. And I'm dark haired, hazel eyes, olive complexion. 
So, mm-hmm. do you all look like each other though? We do in the face. In the from face. basically, you know, the <laughs> nose down, we look the same. Yeah. So, so then that the but from the nose up for her was more of a mystery than right looking because for your father. Yes, she because from her eyes, her eyes, she has our dad's, our biological father's mm-hmm. eyes, and yeah. you know, I look at a picture, I'm like, oh my gosh, I see my sister, and wow. so. Yeah, That's so exciting. Crazy. That's so exciting. So how did you get to Texas? Well, um, my husband and I came out here, gosh, man, I don't know how long ago now, um, for a friend's wedding. And um, heck, it was even before the, the Dallas Tollway was, you know, oh, wow. it was under construction. You yeah. Know? And so um, we came out here and I have always wanted to be out here. Like I joke a little bit, but it's to- so true that my mind or my spirit lived here in Texas, but physically I lived elsewhere. Like I've really? always wanted to live in the state. I love it here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we came out together for this friend's wedding and he loved it too. And he was like, we've got to move, but it took us like 10 years to get out here. Yeah. So when we finally did move out here, um, we've, I mean, we've just really thrived out here. Yeah. So it's been good for us. Yeah. And in, we moved out here and Ben was still in high school. Mm. So I knew that it was going to be hard, harder. And I wish it hadn't been so hard, but, um, um, you know, he did make some friends, but like me, he was a little resistant to it, you know, and I can understand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get that especially from Colorado to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a different <laughs> culture shock as well, right? Yes. There's like you were from Arizona to Colorado. That's a big move. Colorado to Texas is a different move. So you could definitely feel what he was going through. Yes, absolutely. Um, so how did you transition to Texas from Colorado where you were like, hey, we're moving? Well, we talked about it a lot. We talked mm-hmm. about it a lot for a long period of time. Mm. Um, so, you know, knowing that this is where we wanted to be, you know, we'd always be like, yeah, we're, you know, we're eventually going to, we're going to move. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was never really any resistance to it. So the kids were pretty open to it, but the older they got, the more challenging it got. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, when we did finally get here, it was the summer. Um, it's actually July 10th, oh, which wow. is the day before my birthday. That's how I remember. That's um, so that we're about we to have here. an anniversary and yes. a birthday coming up in a couple weeks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be eight years, July 10th. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Ben had a hard time with it, but we, I mean, from the get go, we're going to move. It's going to be a nice fresh start. Mm-hmm. Um and with moves come, comes that opportunity for a fresh start. It's not that you're going to, you know, remake yourself, but, you know, you're a new person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've all made mistakes and we don't have to talk about those mistakes anymore. Mm-hmm. You can kind of forget those in the past. Leave them and at the borderline. Leave them at the borderline <laughs> and, and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that.
Hi, I'm Christine Barr, and I'm super excited to tell you about this new thing that I'm starting and that I'm offering to my listeners. It is called the sponsorship of You Gotta Meet Her podcast. Are you a small business that wants to reach others with your podcast or your products or your services or even retail? I am now pleased to offer small business sponsorship where you can now be heard around the world for a small fee. Give me all the details of your business and I will promote you as a sponsor. Are you local? Are you black owned? Are you eco-friendly? Are you organic? Or maybe you're a puppet master in Tennessee that needs the world to find their trade and they just don't know how to get the word out. Well, let me help you with a small business sponsorship. You can connect with me on Facebook Messenger, Christine Barr, and Barr is spelled B-A-H-E, and we can set up a wonderful sponsorship for you that one is affordable, one that helps you connect with others that are listening to this podcast. Again, it is the small business sponsorship of You Gotta Meet Her podcast, and we will get you heard all around the world. Um, so now you're here in Texas, your whole family's here in Texas. How do you make friends? Oh, well, that was kind of easy for us. I mean, we did have friends here. Oh, okay. So like my best friend, Stephanie Mm -hmm. lived here and that's when we came, we came down for her wedding. Um, you know, so that's how we, um, met some people then and, um, went to church. Mm. So, yeah, church provides a lot of friends and you know, we lived in a fairly good community and I tried to get involved in whatever I could, um, even at the high school level, you know, mm-hmm. um, McKinney Boyd has this snack shack thing. And so I would go in there like a couple times a month and try and meet a new mom. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Emma was younger. And so I was able to work in the classroom and get to, meet some of her friends' moms and um, that way. Yeah. But most of, most of our friends stemmed from our very good friends, Troy and Stephanie, yeah. and church. Yeah. So do you consider yourself more religious or spiritual? Um, it's such a weird question when people ask that because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I have a strong faith. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I don't like that word religious. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me think of, I don't know. I don't want to offend anybody, but no. it makes me think about, you know, Catholics. Catholics uh, to me are very religious and tradition, steeped okay. in tradition. Um, but so I guess more spiritual, but I'm strong in faith. Yeah. Yeah. No, I asked that question because it, it, all of them are trying to debunk like a stereotype mm-hmm. or what we think we think of someone, right? And I think of religious as someone that says, I'm a devoted, whatever blank they are. And no matter how I feel, whatever the church says is that's how, like, I cannot be anything else except for this. Okay. So yeah. that's how, that's how I see religious. Um, a lot of people have different 
I'm talking, everybody has a different, you know, view on religion. Um, and then you have some that are spiritual that are like, I can be in the middle of a field and I can feel God coming through me, <laughs> yes. you know? And then there's some that are like, I have to be in a place or in a church or in a synagogue or anything like that to mm -hmm. feel it. But I also know that it's my relationship with God. Yeah. So there's so many different ways you can look at it. Absolutely. So no wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but do you believe in like crystals and zodiac signs and tarot cards and stuff like that? Do you believe in any of that? Um, so I think that there's some uh, legitimacy with some of those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I do absolutely believe yeah. that, you know, there's some legitimacy with those. Um, but tarot cards, not so much maybe, yeah. but, you know, I think that <laughs> astrological signs are cool and I will read mine on occasion. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. do I, you know, when they say like, because I'm a cancer that, mm -hmm. you know, we're romantic and, mm -hmm. Um, sensitive yeah. and emotional. Hell yes, I am. Really? Absolutely. So it works for you. It works for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, mine works for me too. I'm a Gemini. Yeah. And I'm definitely a Gemini. I am <laughs> good and evil. I just say evil and eviler. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I'm really good at anything. Yeah. No, you know, my sign is the crab. So um, <laughs> definitely can be crabby, but. The truth is, I love water. I love the, yeah. you know, the beach. Mm. Give me some sand and a drink, and I am set. Like I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good with the sign. Whatever the sign is that lets me do this, I'm okay yes, with it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Have you always been um, spiritual, religious, Christian, or um, did you find it later in life? No, I believe that I found it later in life. I mean, yeah. I remember a time, you know, in my youth when. Um, I really felt God calling me, but, um, at, but then, you know, I, I grew up and kind of put him on the back burner mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and didn't really come back to God until I was really here. I mean, oh, I take that back in Colorado, but it was, you know, later in life. Yeah. Adulthood. Adulthood, adulthood for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for sharing with that. Yeah. Um, so do you see yourself in media or a stereotype of yourself and how is it compared to real life? So I am a, I'm a stay at home mom, um, uh, 50% of the time. Um, I am a mom who works outside the home. I teach Pilates outside the home. Um, I have a business that I run inside my home. So I've got my spray tanning business that I do inside the home. Um, I am vice president of the booster club for um, my daughter's high school cheer team. Mm -hmm. um, so I find myself in a spot where I feel like I'm a stereotype on one hand. But then again, I'm really not because I am, you know, I'm busting my butt trying to, you know, help my family make ends meet. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but do I see myself in media? No, I really, I really don't because, um, I think because I have all these different hats, um, and I'm not your, your typical Pilates instructor. You know, when I tell people that I do that for a living, um, sometimes they're like, Oh, you really do? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a, 
a medium sized girl mm-hmm. that I'm not stick thin. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like to eat. I love good food. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. Um, <laughs> do I watch what I eat? Yes. Do I work out like crazy? Yes. I mean, you know, if you looked at my um, cycle bar um, <laughs> tracker, you would see that I work out a lot. Oh, and then on top of that, I teach, you know, upwards of eight classes a week. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm not stick thin. Right. right. So, no, I don't see that. I don't see myself in media at all. What do you think you wish people saw in media that would have a little bit more of you in it? Um, less airbrushing. Oh, yeah. You know. Less airbrushing and more curves. Yeah. This, I got a big booty. <laughs> and hips go along with that. So yeah. I wish that, you know, we could see more real women, real sizes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And just to clarify, you don't mean that size zero is not a real size. You're just saying we want to see more than zero. I want to see more than zero. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm a, I'm a solid size eight yeah, same. and I would love to see that mm-hmm. and more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without having, other... without having guilt and shame on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's hard enough to love your body no matter what size you are. Um, so yeah. Have you ever struggled loving your body? Oh, absolutely. What was like your biggest thing that you were like? No, like this is something I'm going to have to work on. Um, well, in high school, in my my freshman year of high school, I, um, you know, was hospitalized for about three months with anorexia. What? So by the time that I graduated high school, mm-hmm. um, I weighed no more than 90 pounds. I was probably 70 pounds my, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. I'm one and a half. Um, and then by the time I graduated, I did weigh about 90 pounds. But also because, you know, I had a baby. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I was 17, mm-hmm. which I don't admit to that very often. Yeah. So I'm admitting to that now. Okay. I was 17 and, um, yeah. So that was a struggle for me in what still is a struggle for me is, you know, I think because my mindset is still, um, you know, you're supposed to be thin. If you're not thin, you're not, you're not good enough. If you're not thin, you know, you're clearly not a good instructor. And the the truth is I am a fabulous, fantastic instructor. Um, but I still struggle. Mm -hmm. I still struggle. And, but, and every day I get up and I'm like, ah, I love my body. I love what this body has done. It gave me three beautiful children. Um, you know, I've been married to my husband. Um, well, we've been together over 26 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, and he still loves me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that gratitude for your body and yes. what it's done for you at a healthy size. At a healthy size. Is that size. what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. That's hard. Mm-hmm. I I struggle, girl. I get you. I know. And sometimes it's that, that self-talk that we do, but we can also talk ourselves out of it. Yes. Do you find being an instructor helps you guide other women to be better or to, and I don't mean better, but like to have that better self-talk or is the women that you're seeing kind of there because they already have it down? Because that's also a stereotype. (laughs) I believe that the women who come to my classes see me as being healthy, 
mm-hmm. um, and normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a very strong following. And I think part of that is because I'm of normal size. Um, and it is my goal to absolutely fill their head with positive, encouraging words so that they can walk in. Cause sometimes it's just hard enough to walk in that door, mm-hmm. but then leave feeling good, feeling empowered, um, and strong. How do you do that? Well, I, some of the, it's a lot of the music I choose. Mm. Um, I choose music that does not berate women, Mm -hmm. um, that is kind of loving, Mm -hmm. but it's just the words to, you know, to take a moment to say, you are strong, you Mm -hmm. are powerful, you're beautiful. You know, you're you make me cry. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, that we're on this journey together. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and a lot of women need to hear that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think it's nice to hear it from an instructor. Sometimes yeah. they, I go to a different kind of workout place where like there's men, like you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of more of a intensity of weights and all this. So it's like, you came here to show up for yourself today, but sometimes it's just like, I love myself and that's why I'm here. Yeah. Well, and my big thing is you need to honor your body because not every day does your body feel the same way. Mm. So, um, you know, your body might feel different because two days ago you went swimming, you went on a jog, you, or a run, or you cycled with your family and you may not feel that the next day. It was typically those two days later that Mm -hmm. maybe you're feeling a little run down. Um, but you're going to push yourself to where you need to be. And I do this all the time in my spin class. I do not care who's seeing me. Um, you know, they, they all may be up off the saddle. Um, but I'm sitting, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting because, you know, I've already taught six classes and, my body's a little tired, but I'm pushing myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it's not about what other people see. It's about how I feel, how, how I feel in the moment um, and where, where I'm going. I have my own goals. Nobody else matters. Anybody else's opinion does not matter. It's what I feel about myself. And um, that's it. Yeah. How did you get to that realization in your life? Hmm. That's a good question. I think I just, oh, well, I'll take that back. I think I know that when Ben died, um, I just realized I just don't give a shit. Yeah. I just don't. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Yeah. So um, that was a big turning point for me. Yeah. Um, and sadly, it took losing my son for me to figure that out. Right. Right. So So do you think uh, your advice again, because you're so good at giving advice, what is something that we can pull away to say nothing else fucking matters? Like, let me pay attention to the things that do matter where I don't, I can. Because even though you did lose him, it Mm -hmm. probably woke you up, right? Like you said, you got to this point. But do you have problems falling back into it? Or is it something that you're still gradually working on that is like, I don't care what people think about me still. But you, you, am I making that question clear? You are. You are. <laughs> I'm um, like, I'm just rambling now. 
No, you are. There are definitely moments when um, I'm pulled back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm when I'm pulled back to prior to when Ben passed away. You know, before then, I was very self conscious. Um, I was pretty much doing anything and everything to lose weight. I mean, I was taking you know, amphetamines mm-hmm. to help lose the weight, yeah. keep the weight off. Um, but losing a child and going through grief, you go through so many different cycles and some, uh, some of the cycles you revisit over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just really got to a point where I just, I don't know. Um, yeah, I get sad again here and there I get, um, you know, a song can pop up a smell, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. or I catch something in the corner of my eye and I'm reminded. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I have to remember quickly. I have to remember that I'm here now and I need to continue to move forward mm-hmm. because I have Emma to think about. I have does to think about. And I've got my husband to think about. Yeah. You know, I can't wallow in my self-pity. Right. So I have to, I have to keep moving. So then it shuts back off where it's right. like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I, I got other care. stuff to do. I got do. other things to do. I've got my own life to live. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so how do you take care of yourself though? Because you pour a lot into your family. I do, but I my my self-care is definitely my working out. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. So. You get it out during I workouts. get it out during my workouts. And Joe knows it. So, you know, right now it's like I like the morning classes mm-hmm. um, that I take. So, But it's a matter of can you pick up Emma from, mm-hmm. you know, from this camp? Can you take care of these things? And he... And if he can, he will, you know, Mm -hmm. and if he can't, you know, then he can't, but he knows that that's super important to me. And, um, and I might take more than one class a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I might need to, that's your therapy. That's my therapy. (laughs) Yes. So it's not unheard of for me to take one in the morning and one at night. Oh, okay. Well, then you really enjoy it then. I do. Yeah. And you're still healthy doing it. I'm still healthy doing it. Thank you. Because a lot of times it's, oh, you work out, the, oh, that's just not healthy. Or this is, oh, you're eating this way, that's just not healthy. But no one really knows. And then you meet you and you're like, I don't fucking care what anybody else thinks. This okay. is what I'm doing. I this carbs. is my therapy. Yeah, I eat bread. <laughs> Dave's killer white bread. <laughs> Avocado toast every day. Two so, pieces. So now you work out twice. It's great. Yes. It's healthy. And I might have a piece of chocolate in between there. Have it. You know, and that's the truth. (laughs) I love that. So how do you, when you make friends, Mm -hmm. do you choose morals or characteristics? Oh. Mm. I know, right? That's a tough question. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I would, I would want to say morals you know, they have strong moral values and we have the same thing in common, but they could be really a butthead. Yeah. Right. You know? And so, um, I bet that at the same time, someone with good, you know, characteristics about themselves, 
I'm definitely more inclined to, and I can maybe overlook some of those things that they do um, because I can distance myself from that. Mm -hmm. But I'll probably like them more as a person Mm -hmm. because they have these characteristics that are pretty wholesome in general. Mm -hmm. We all have our, you know, indiscretions that, you know, we can, we can take on, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's a hard question, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's like, how do you choose? Cause somebody, and someone else said like our morals aren't necessarily, not everybody's morals are like all over the place. For the most part, we all have the same core, like morals. It's the characteristics that sprinkled in there that like, Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) Yes. Have you ever had to let a friend go because of morals or characteristics? Hell yes. Why did you let them go? Um, Because they they had a drug and drinking problem that Mm. I did not know about. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. I did not know about until we became closer friends. And the closer we got, then I I started to see these things and Mm -hmm. it became an issue. A a very big issue. And um, so I was, they were making bad choices, but they were including me in their bad choices. Uh, And I, you know, was in a very vulnerable spot. This was right after Ben died. Okay. So I was in a very vulnerable spot. And I hate to say that I feel like they took advantage of that, Mm -hmm. but I think they took advantage of that. Yeah. And I wasn't making the best choices Mm -hmm. right after he passed. Right, right, right. Um, so I found it easy to overlook those things. But then, um, honestly, it was like one day I woke up and I realized, dude, she's fucking psycho. <laughs> and I can't be friends with that. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I'm explicit. You're solely okay. You can say whatever you want to. I'm explicit for a reason. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yes, um, you know. It was real. I mean, I can really only say that I yeah. had to let go of that one friend. Oh, good. But, but even to this day, I'm like, man, how could I have been friends with someone like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you do. Yeah. Do you give people second chances, third chances, fourth chances? Or are you like one of those, like, your name is in red ink? Like, I can mark it out, but it'll never be out. Like, I'm open to second chances minus this one person. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. no. Minus this one person, she is inked and red and there is yeah. no coming back. Right. But um, our friendships probably would not, will not be the same. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I definitely have friends. I'm like, yeah, okay. I could, I could give you a second chance. Yeah. We could have lunch, but mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to drinks with you. Right. Right. Yeah. It takes, it takes a minute. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of almost have to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you, they know that they did something wrong and you address it as a friend, it's almost like they needed to take a step back too. Right. To realize the whole scope of things. Cause we're so reactive, 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 reactive. When it comes down to, hey, you hurt me, you almost have to be like, what reaction of that hurt you? Then you tell them, and then they're like, no, that wasn't me. You know, like it's almost like a like, why am I having to prove myself that I hurt you? And then once they get it, then it's like, dang, I was being a bitch. Like, you know? Yeah. And it's that, it's that tug and pull of the relationship. 
Yeah. Right. Yes. I can see that. It's it's because we're reacting so fast. We don't realize we might be hurting others. Maybe. Hmm. We live in a really fast paced world. So I can see how, yeah, we tend to can tend to react quickly, but I do try to, you know, think before I speak. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather say nothing Mm -hmm. and dwell upon it and, you know, see it and then respond to it. Yeah. So I'd rather walk away and be like, okay, whatever. And then come back for that revisit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a thinker. You're, yeah. <laughs> you know, I will sit and ponder for like days and they yeah. won't even remember that what they did wrong. And I'm like, man, uh-huh. let me like, how, who was I in that moment? Like I go into a deep dive of myself before sure. I even say anything. Yeah. I wonder if that's healthy. <laughs> I don't see why it's not. I don't see. I, I mean, like, don't, don't overthink the process, but you know, <laughs> Taking a moment and really thinking about something, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, sometimes because it's better things. to think about it than to say something stupid True. that you can't really take back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So words are pretty powerful they and are. they can hurt deeply. Have you um, read the book The Four Agreements? No, Jenny gave it to me for my birthday last month. I'll gift it to you for your birthday. Excellent. It's super good. Okay, and um, one of them is your words have magic behind them. They do. And, like, I've tried to change that. It, I, my birthday was just this the beginning of this month. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, like, I, I've been reading it, and I have to take, like, two or three pages and stop and absorb it. But it's a good book. So I'll, I'll gift it to you for your Excellent. birthday. I got a pen, and I underlined it and stuff. But you'll really like it because yeah. we like that stuff. <laughs> I like it. I'll do it. Are you ready for your Spitfire questions? Oh, bring it on. Okay. What's your favorite color? Pink. What's your favorite book? Oh, uh, turn. Pass. Next question. Okay. <laughs> so are you a spender or a saver? Spender. Democrat or Republican? Really neither. Okay. Are you a good girl or a bad girl? I'm a good girl. Are you a rule maker, breaker, or follower? Rule follower. What's your natural hair color? Dark brown. Who's your role model? Um, maybe my husband. Mm-hmm. Really? So sweet. Um, <laughs> you already answered that one. Are you a giver or a taker in the bedroom? Oh, um, I'm a giver. Hey. Yeah. Guac or queso? Guacamole. Really? No. Yes. No onions, yes. though. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, no onions, but no. guacamole. All these people keep coming in here and they're like, queso, queso, no. queso. And I'm like, I want all three, obviously, yes. right? Because I'm going to get the salsa. But everyone's like, no, queso, guac, I can't do. And I'm like, I need, like, a good three people just to be like, yes, we'll go down on some guac. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love guacamole. <laughs> Me too. Um, any plastic surgery? No. Do you have like any like Botox or filler? Oh, I do like a good dye sport. Oh, what is that? It's like Botox, but it's not. Tell me about this because I never. I know, but like I don't really <laughs> notice these things. I'm looking at you as a whole, so I really. What's a dye sport though? Dye sport is like Botox. I mean, it's an injectable. Yeah. Um, you know, around the eyes, the forehead, in between the the brows, uh-huh. and it um is supposedly last longer than Botox. So okay. it does require more units. Okay. Um, yeah. It's cheaper 
per unit, but it does require more. So the price point is about the same, but it's also supposed to be a little bit more natural. So, okay. You know, did you do Botox before? I've done it once. Okay. And you automatically was like, this is better for you. I, or? I think that this is better for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love my Botox. I don't have any now because quarantine was rough. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, why did I skip that appointment right before quarantine? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But I had it had it done like right before spring break. Okay. So, so for yeah. me it wasn't too bad. But um so I did just get it done again. So oh, so it lasts that long for you? Yeah. Oh wow. Yes. That's nice. Okay. Maybe I'll switch over. Yeah. I, I got know. a good girl. So Okay, yeah, I'll get that information. Yeah. <laughs> I love plastic surgery. Are you I'm, for it? I'm totally for it. Yeah? What would what, you get done? Um, I would probably just a tummy tuck. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I want my boobs done. Yeah. I, I definitely want them done. <laughs> I would totally do it. Yeah. Like but a mommy makeover. A mommy maybe. makeover. Yeah. Yeah. But Just a little nip and tuck. That's yeah. all. Have you, did you ever watch that show? No. <laughs> Never watched that show. I love it's so good. It's like the 90s and early 2000s tuba tea. Really? Yes. Like if I ever want to just go back in time, just watch that show. It's ridiculous. The acting's terrible. But I watch it. I don't know. Like. That's funny. Maybe I'm just that addicted to plastic surgery that like I watch shows about it too. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say to the listener that we haven't covered yet? Or is there like a message that you want to end on? I mean, I just, um, I wasn't sure what to expect out of this conversation today, mm-hmm. but I knew it was just going to be a really good conversation with you. Yeah. And, um, so I hope that people maybe take away from this, that, um, life is a journey and, um, we have to, it's a gift and we have to remember that every day is precious. Yeah. And, um, I know it might be cliche, but it's really true. All right, so we got to meet Trisha today. She did such a good job. I'm so proud of her for coming on and speaking her truth about her life. She had a lot of transition time in her life. She is a mom of three. Well, wait, before that, she moved from one state to another state, which is a very big dynamic, and then from that state to Texas, which is a very big dynamic. And then she had to deal with living here and having her kids have that same kind of struggle in school that she did when she moved at that age. But I was very... I was very, how do you say, I, I I really leaned in when she talked about how she went through it, but she was able to guide her son that was struggling too because she had gone through it before herself. And as moms, I think sometimes we forget to use our own life as a stepping stone or a teaching tool. You know, we we forget that maybe we did smoke in high school or maybe we did go to those parties and get drunk or we forget sometimes that we did that and we tell our kids that they need to be better and 
do different and do as I say and not as I do kind of situation. But I really enjoyed, she's not the only mom that's been on that's done this, but it, I really did lean in when she talked about her son struggling, um, going through high school after their move. So that, that was something that I really picked up out of it. And the other thing that I wanted to pull out is her comment where she said, I have a big following and it's because I look normal. And that resonated with me on a whole nother level because I also struggle with body issues, but I'm always striving to look like that buff girl or that skinny girl or something like that and not just to look like myself. Who, who am I idolizing that's making me cause harm to my own body? Why am I trying to look skinnier? Why am I trying to look more muscular? Am I doing it for myself or am I doing it to look like an idol that I have in my head? And to hear that she had a following because she is a size 8 or whatever size she may be, but people connect with that. And it kind of just brought me back down to earth. I resonated that, you know what? My body is good enough and I have to thank my body for what I'm doing right now. If you would like to see more of Trisha, a picture of her, maybe hold a conversation, tell her what you loved about this episode, you can go to our Facebook group, You Gotta Meet Her podcast on Facebook, and we hold conversations there, we ask questions, we post funny memes. Also, just started, we have Song Soul Sunday, where I post a song to add to your playlist that will just touch your soul, girlfriend. You might have to share it with a friend. It might just be that one song you need when you're feeling lonely. You can go on there and see a list of songs. I post one every Sunday so that you can have a nice little, I call it in my phone, it's called Bad Badass Bitch playlist, but you can name it whatever you want. And it's just to help uplift you. It's a song on a Sunday that you can play that's just going to touch your soul. Also, we started a You Gotta Meet Her book club. So you can go on to the Facebook page as well and you can post your favorite books. Doesn't matter what it's about. It can be about a Russian girl falling in love with a Australian man in the 19th century and her parents don't approve and she finds out that she is an alien and she gives birth to this Australian Russian alien baby. I don't know what you're into but you can post it there and other people are doing the same so they might be into Russian Australian alien babies too and you can connect on that. Just a different way of seeing other people's perspective. If you have any questions Please let me know if you know someone that should be on the podcast or you yourself would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. I'm always open for new interviews. All right, that's it for me. I'm Christine Barr, and I will see you on the next one. <laughs>